I think Dottie laughed at that more than everybody else. <laughs> so Jim, you've posed a dilemma to us this morning in this parable that's given to us every single day. And this morning we're focusing on the call to ministry. Last week we learned that God has given us many gifts for ministry. Perhaps we can build on what we learned last week by talking about the call to ministry, your call to lay ministry, and my call to pastoral and ordained ministry. So to begin, why don't you tell me a little bit about your vocation? Well, I knew from a very early age that I wanted to find out how things worked. So as a young child, I would regularly take things apart and then try to put them back together again. Sometimes they would work and sometimes they wouldn't. I would also try to build anything that my brain could imagine, a clubhouse for the neighborhood gang and a bridge that connected two neighborhoods in my little town separated by a deep drainage ditch. Machines, including go-karts using metal bed rails and my dad's garden tiller engine. Electronic devices, including radios, telegraph lines, and a Geiger counter. I set up a photographic darkroom in one of our bathrooms. And I annoyed my mother greatly when I destroyed several pieces of her favorite cookware in my experiments in electrochemistry. <laughs> and when, I, when it came time for college, I knew that chemistry was my calling. As an undergraduate, I worked at Oak Ridge National Laboratory and did experiments aimed at improving the safety of nuclear reactors. And in graduate school, I built lasers to detect air pollutants. And uh, in my military service, I worked in the Army's Rocket Propulsion Laboratory. After I finished school and in my days in the Army, I found work first in rocket propulsion and then in a broad range of aerospace technologies. I always enjoyed my work and never doubted my vocational path. So Tier, tell me about your vocation. I have always enjoyed working with people. When I was in school, I thrived doing group projects. And early in my time at the State Department, I loved working on team projects. Most of the work we did there was team-based but occasionally I would have to travel or work alone, and that's what I dreaded the most. I love hearing people's stories. I love hearing how people got from where they were to where they are now, what they like to do for fun, and how God is at work in their life. Well, then how about your call to ministry? That's a little bit of a bumpy road, and it's lasted about 14 years, to be honest with you. I graduated from high school with dreams of becoming a youth pastor. I had a great experience as a teenager in youth group. It wasn't that I had a great youth director, it's that I had great adult volunteer leaders. Going into youth ministry for me was about extending the same kind of grace to students that had been extended to me and also being a stable presence the stable presence that I didn't have in a youth director as a kid. I wasn't prepared, though, to operate outside the safe confines of my local church when I set off to college. One thing led to another, and I spent four years studying criminal justice, sociology, and political science, all at the same time enjoying the fraternity life. My lack of preparedness allowed me to waver. 
And at the same time, it allowed me to push my call to ministry deep underneath the life that I thought I was going to make for myself. Now, if we fast forward to 2009, after I was married, the pastor who officiated the wedding for Allison and I saw some gifts for ministry in me, and he began to help me develop them. In 2011, I enrolled at Wesley Theological Seminary, and a year later, I was working full-time in a local church. I also entered the clergy candidacy process at the same time. I was living into my calling, working with teenagers, leading mission trips around the world, and helping to make disciples of Jesus Christ in Virginia. Through a series of unfortunate events in 2013, I went back to the State Department. I was still actively working to plant a church, and I was still attending classes at Wesley Theological Seminary. But as a family, we decided that I would accelerate my graduation from Wesley and finish a Master's of Theological Studies, a more academic degree. And we would then reevaluate my family's readiness for ministry in a few years. This truly meant putting my clergy candidacy on hold. Well, we, I, lasted one year outside of full-time ministry before we moved to Chesapeake, Virginia, so that I could join the staff at Great Bridge United Methodist Church. It was there that I was able to focus on my calling, while at the same time engaging in youth ministry and mission work. And on top of all of that good stuff, I developed a passion for preaching. I graduated from Wesley in the spring of 2016 with a master's in theological studies and immediately began to think about going back to graduate school again. Shortly after I graduated, my grandfather passed away that same year. And it was at his funeral and talking to him before he died that I realized that my call to ordained ministry had never left me. My grandfather once told me that if I was going to be a pastor or a preacher, that I needed to be the best pastor or preacher that I could be. And I cleaned that up a little bit. He would have said it a little bit more colorfully. What he meant, though, by the best preacher or pastor is that I needed to take the practice of preaching and being a pastor seriously. So after my grandfather's death, I began having conversations with uh, my pastor at the time, who was Tim Craig, and many of you here know him, as well as some other mentors that I have about re-entering the clergy candidacy process, as well as enrolling in seminary again. There were many seminary, avail many seminary options available to me, but my appointment here to Mount Olivet sealed the deal, and I am now attending Wesley again. So now I'm living into my calling, and I'm taking the next steps towards ordination, which, God willing, will happen in five years. Well, what? Tier, what do you find difficult about your call to ministry? Jim, this is where I could give you a fluffy answer and tell you that nothing about ministry is hard. I could tell you that it's rainbows and unicorns, but the truth is ministry is hard. Whether you are a pastor or you are a lay person, ministry can be isolating and it can be frustrating even when you're having a bad day, even on Sunday morning when nothing is going right at your home, when you get to church, you have to be on. But in those difficult moments, we have an opportunity to lean on Christ, who is in ministry right alongside us. And I know that sounds cliche to just lean on Jesus, but it's true. 
Jesus is the one who calls and invites each and every one of us into ministry. So he's right there helping us as we are doing what he has called us to do. Jim, do you think that lay people have a call to ministry? Well, certainly when I was young, I didn't know that the word ministry related to people who weren't pastors. But I knew as a young child that my mother would occasionally cook a meal or gather clothing for a family that she thought needed help. And my father on Christmas Eve would deliver baskets of food and bundles of presents from our church to families in our town. But as a child, I never felt called to that kind of work. On the other hand, if I heard the sound of hammering or sawing, I would be there in a minute to help. And if I heard a machine that didn't sound like it was running smoothly, I'd offer to fix it. Now, I didn't think of this as ministry. I thought of it as fun. Now, here at Mount Olivet, I continued that practice. My early work was doing home repairs and improvements for Christmas in April and rebuilding together, and then building houses with Habitat for Humanity. And after Hurricane Katrina in 2005, I made three three week-long trips with groups from Mount Olivet to repair flood-damaged houses on the Mississippi Gulf Coast and in New Orleans. Have you done anything that's not related to your interest in building or repairing things? Well, thanks to uh, friends around me here at Mount Olivet, I've been invited to be a youth counselor, and I did that, and then I taught classes for youth and adults. And for several years, I volunteered to help children with homework and after-school programs, and also traveled with a group from Mount Olivet to work in an English language camp in the Czech Republic. And I worked as a volunteer tax preparer for seven tax seasons. And this turned out to be one of the most rewarding things that I've done. When you prepare a person's tax return, you establish a very intimate relationship very quickly. What advice do you have for others who would like to understand their call to ministry? Well, my first thought is to just try some things, some easy things like volunteering for community assistance here at Mount Olivet. And then pay attention to invitations to serve from those around you. They may know you better than you know yourself. And as you experience a a variety of ministries and talk with your family and friends, then you can begin to develop an understanding of your call to ministry. And you may not have to look very far to find your ministry. A friend of mine taught me that if you're a parent, you have a a call to the ministry of child rearing. And if you have an elderly parent, you may have a call to care for that parent. And if you spend time in the workplace, you have opportunities for ministry every day. Are you suggesting that we and they should preach in the workplace? A lot of these people work for the government, and that's not really allowed there. Well, it's not not good in a lot of workplaces. No, (laughs) that's not what I'm suggesting. You know, I think all all that we have to do is just pay attention here on Sunday mornings at the the children's sharing time. The messages I hear in in those uh, in children's sharing are just right on the mark for how to be in ministry in the workplace. And that is to pay attention to the needs of those around us and be kind and helpful. So what are you doing now? Oh, I love to travel, and Dottie and I have been taking several trips each year since we graduated from paid paid employment. (laughs) And I love planning trips. I love the experience of traveling. And I love making slideshows to tell the story of each trip. 
You know, after some reflection, I think my current calling may be storytelling. I love to tell the stories of my travels. And I've begun writing the stories of my experiences growing up in a small town in East Tennessee. And I've been making sawdust down in my woodworking shop to interpret Bible stories, both for children and adults. Noah and the Ark, Jonah and the Fish, the Empty Tomb, and the Journey Through the Psalms. And a lot of those are down in, in room L8 where the children go uh, during, during the worship service. So, um, Tyr, tell, tell me a, a question, answer a question here. What advice do you have for somebody considering a call to a church vocation or ordained ministry? You cannot do this alone. I made that very mistake in discerning my own call. You need to talk to family, friends, your neighbors, strangers, anyone who will listen to you. You know, Jesus didn't send his disciples off one by one, and he didn't minister by himself. The discernment process for ministry requires that you do the work of discernment, figuring out where God is calling you with other people, just as ministry requires us to work together. And what final thoughts do you have? We individuals and as a community are called to minister to people. We don't minister to institutions, but rather to people. It's all about the people. When we feed, clothe, give drink, welcome, visit, or heal, we are doing that to the individual. And we're not doing it out of a sense of completing empty works. We're not simply trying to check a box on a list. Ministry is about human contact. And most of all, we need to remember that we're not going to be able to fix everything that we see on Glebe Road on our commute. But through relationships, we can be faithful as we minister to the people that we encounter. Amen. Amen.